our Father in heaven, we thank you for your love towards us. Thank you for the new day. Lord, we pray that everything that we have, everything that we are, everything that we do and say be a gift to you. Lead us, O oh God, and as you lead us, may we experience the joy and the blessings that comes from your leadership this day and forever. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. First Samuel chapter 14, verse 28 and 29 says, Then one of the soldiers told him, Your father bound the troops with a solemn oath, saying, Cost is the man who eats food today. That is why the people are faint. 29 says, My father has brought great trouble to the land, Jonathan replied. Just look at how my eyes have brightened because I tasted a little of this honey. One of my favorite quotes from Annie White says that the greatest want of the world is the want of men. Men who will not be bought or sold. Men who in their inmost souls are true and honest. Men who do not fear to call sin by its right name. Men whose conscience is as true to duty as the needle to the pole. Men who would stand for the right, even though the heavens fall. One of such men was Jonathan in the Bible. Jonathan and his armor bearer had braved into the enemy's camp. And they had dared to stand for God, whether they were many or they were few. And angels of heaven shielded Jonathan and angels fought by their side, and the Philistines were falling before just two men who had knelt before the presence of God. The earth trembled, and a great multitude of horsemen and chariots of Philistine army that the Israelites had run away from started running and killing themselves just because two men wrestled it out with their God. You see, God was walking in deliverance of the Israelites because two men dared to have faith, dared to do the radical thing, dared to make a difference, dared to be the difference. Soon the Philistines began to slay one another. And when the noise of the battle was heard in the camp of the Israelites, you know, the king's sentinels reported to him about the great confusion and you know when they saw that the, the, the Philistines were killing themselves, Saul led his 600 men to join the assault. But surprisingly, you know, all of those soldiers that had run away and were hiding in caves and were discouraged, they all came back in their multitude as they chased the Philistines and they, you know, rendered a great havoc upon their enemy. You know, and White says in the book Patriots and Prophets, page 624, that determined to make the most of his advantage, the king, King Saul, rashly forbade all of his soldiers 
that none of them should partake of food for the entire day and even added a course into it. But you see, the victory had already been gained without Saul's knowledge or cooperation. But he hoped to distinguish himself, just like many of us do. He wanted to utterly destroy the vanquished enemy so that he could take the glory for himself. He was prompted by a selfish ambition and it showed to the king to be indifferent to the needs of his people. Very much like the politicians of our days who and the kind of leaders that we have both in the secular and in the religious world who would place their selfish ambition before the desires of their people. To confirm his prohibition, and White says, by a solemn oath, showed Saul to be both rash and profane. And you see, you notice that he didn't say that the Lord may be avenged of his enemies. He said that I may be avenged of my enemies. And because of such a proud, you know, verdict, the prohibition led the people of God to transgress God's commandments and because they had been fighting all day you know destroying the Philistines that were fleeting they were very faint for want of food and as soon as the hours of restrictions were over they fell they munched upon the spoil and they devoured the animals they had captured with the flesh even with the blood thus violating a very integral law that God has given forbidding the eating of blood. You see, the story tells us that during the day's battle, Jonathan had not heard the king's command and he unknowingly, unwittingly offended by eating a little honey as he passed through the wood. Saul learned of that after God had not spoken to him, so he cast lots to discover why God was not speaking with him. He was trying to look for who he would cast the blame to. And when he discovered that Jonathan was guilty of breaking his command, he declared that Jonathan must die. Because to spare the life of his own son would have been an acknowledgement in the part of Saul that he had sinned in making so rash a vow. How much we value our pride, so much that we would rather commit even more heinous crime than to humble ourselves before the Lord and accept our wrongdoings. But you see, in his defense, Jonathan told the soldiers who saw him take the honey syrup, my father has troubled the land. In other words, Jonathan was such a man who was not afraid to call sin by its right name. Even whether it was his father, whether it was his president, his boss, whether it was his friend, he said, my father's ill-considered vow had done great harm to us in Israel because if he had not weakened the people by hindering them from taking the needful refreshment, our victory would have been far more complete. You see, Saul wanted his son dead, but the people refused, and they dared to stand against the proud monarch. And the proud monarch, King Saul, had no choice but to, you know, heed to the unanimous verdict, and the life of Jonathan was preserved. 
You see, but it, that really vexed Saul because his son was more preferred by the people and by the Lord. I will also see this habit playing out when David was introduced into the story. And what it says that those who are most ready to excuse or justify themselves in sin are most often more severe in judging and condemning others. Because to hide our own sinfulness, we find it easy to condemn others, even to death, to call, to bring out people's fault. Our pride will not allow us to look at our own self and make an introspection and see where we have faltered against the Lord. But you see, the highlight of the whole thing was that Jonathan represent, showed a character that was true, like a needle to the pole. Like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, he stood, to, he stood against an unjust law. Because like as St. Thomas Aquinas said, that an unjust law is a human law that is not rooted in the internal law. And I add, in the internal law of God. Because an unjust law is no law at all. So friends, what do you do when human legislate, legislations goes against the divine principle? Do you stand against injustice, even at the expense of your education? Do you stand for tossing the Lord, even if it causes you an exam? Even if it causes you your job, would you turn a blind eye to divine principle, knowing that your fame may be reduced, knowing that you may lose some financial you know, incentive? Would you stand for God? Would you stand for the truth? It is my prayer that we and our house will choose like Jonathan, like Peter, and all the true followers of Christ to obey God rather than man, as echoed in Acts chapter 5, verse 29. Lord, give us the courage, give us the boldness like Jonathan, to call sin by its right name, to dare to stand for you, even against kings, even against fathers, even against wives, even against husbands, even against spouse and friends. Lord, give us the boldness. We ask and pray in Jesus' name.